0: The last couple of weeks, we have been walking through a couple of uh, passages in the book of Psalms. You know, a couple of weeks ago we were in Psalm 27, last week we were in Psalm 41, Uh, the context of what we've been talking about. Two weeks ago we talked about what to do when you're alone and afraid. We talked about how when David was in that serious situation in his life where Saul was, was following after him, chasing after him, looking to kill him. Even though he had had incredible victories, he had had these moments where God had just done miraculous things in David's life. We look back in that passage where we saw that, that, that in David's journey that he was anointed as the next king of Israel. Then we saw that he was, he, he was able to, to slay Goliath and then the, the people all rallied around him and, and they cried out with a loud voice that, that David, Saul has slain his thousands, David has slain his ten thousands. And so David was on this journey that seemed like like everything was going right, nothing could go wrong until Saul decided to kill him. And David found himself running from Saul, hiding from Saul, running into the caves, and he wrote those words that were found in Psalm 27 of what do I do now when all the people? Everyone is out to get me. God, I trust in you. Last week we talked about When we're alone and when we're betrayed, when people have turned against us, when people have, you know, stuck that knife into our back, have caused us great pain and great heartache, what do we do then? We looked in Psalm 41 and again we walked through that passage of understanding what do we do. And so today we're kind of going to put a a little bit of a capstone of what we've been talking about the last couple of weeks Because in both of those situations we've been talking about, alone and afraid, alone and betrayed, we've been talking about this idea that we're on a road that we don't want to be on. We're on a journey that we don't want to travel. Walking down a path that we don't want to have anything to do with. And it always leads us to the point where we ask God, why am I here? Why do I have to travel this road? And let's be honest, probably every person in this room, at some point in your life, I believe this with all my heart, you've wondered that very thing. God, why am I walking this road? God, why am I here? God, why have you brought me in this place? God, why have you put me in this situation? I don't know what to do, and I don't know where to turn, and I don't know where to run. We've all been there. And so today, I hope through the clarity of God's Word that we would— Have the opportunity today to to see truth so that we can understand that sometimes God doesn't lead us down the road that makes sense. That God leads us down a road that is so much greater, so much better. And so let's just jump into this passage. Again, Exodus chapter 13, we're just gonna read two verses today. But before we jump in there, before we start reading this passage, I wanna set the stage, the context, if I could, of where things are going here. Now, this is the story, obviously, of Moses. It's a story of Moses who was sent by God to Pharaoh to, uh, to release God's people, the Israelites from slavery there in Egypt. They've been there for 430 years and, and so Moses has been sent by God to lead them out of slavery, to lead them out of that, that place and lead them into the promised land, right? We all know that story, right? We've heard that story a million times before. And so now we've gone through all 10 plagues uh, as you've read the first part of Exodus Uh, Gone through all the different plagues that are there, and all the different situations, and you know, talked about the locusts that were you know so thick that they could not see. Which, by the way, have you seen the news lately? That there's a plague of locusts right now that are over. I think in Bahrain. The last time I heard that, you know, literally cars could not even drive down the road because of the the plague of locusts that were happening there in Bahrain. So, kind of gives a little bit of context to what we're talking about today. Uh, Walking all the way through the plagues until the last plague, which you know was when the firstborn son of all of Egypt was killed and that Passover uh moment where God instructed all of Israel to put the blood above their doorposts that they would protect the children that were in that home and so now finally Pharaoh's heart has been softened because of all that he'd been through because of the sorrow of losing his own son and so he told tells Moses get those people get them all get them out of Egypt take whatever you want get out of here and go. And so Moses did exactly what Pharaoh told him to do. And so all of Israel, they gather together, they go to their Egyptian counterparts and they ask for clothing and for food and for provision. And and as God told them what happened, they began to give to the Israelites everything that they could, everything that they wanted. And so now Israel's finally marching out of Egypt after 430 years of slavery. And now they're walking out and they're heading towards the promised land. Now, let's be honest now. Right now, Israel's feeling pretty good, right? let, let, let be honest with, right? right? Israel's feeling good because they've been slaves, right? I mean, they've been in a situation for 430 years where they've been the slaves of the Egyptians. And in these last few days of their slavery, it's been pretty tough. Because if you remember, Pharaoh actually made it harder on them while Moses was actually there trying to get them to, rele- to be released. Pharaoh actually made it harder on them. The taskmasters were were actually hurting them more and telling them they had to do more work and giving them less supplies. You know the story, right? And so now Israel likes walking out of Egypt. Man, they've got to be like on cloud nine. Man, they've got to be excited. They've got to be, this is awesome. This is, this, is, this is what we've been waiting for. This is what we've been praying for. This is finally the journey that we have been waiting to take, heading to the promised land that God has given to us. But then we come to Exodus chapter 13, and we get to verse 17 and 18, and I want to read this passage today. It says this, that it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. So, God led the people around by the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. Now, we're going to dig into these two verses here in just a moment, but basically what this passage says this, okay, it's just so like in our vernacular, in our context, so we can understand exactly what's going on here. Finally the Israelites were released finally they're heading towards the promised land but then it says this but God didn't put them on the easy path God didn't put them on the shortest route God didn't give them like the most direct route directly to the promised land God took them around into the wilderness and in other words rather than delivering them the promise and the peace and the prosperity that he'd been given promised to give them for so long rather than give that to him today he said no you're, you're gonna go this route over here it's kind of like if you were driving from here to Roanoke and I think pretty much everybody in this room knows that to get to Roanoke you get out on 460 which is just right out here you get on 460 west and all you do is you do what go what which way straight. I was, again, west is true, but straight, right? I mean, I was looking for just a straight, this idea. Like, like, just head straight down there. You've got a couple of stoplights in Bedford, but other than that, man, you're going straight to Roanoke. And rather than going directly to Roanoke by getting on 460 west and heading straight down there 49 miles, well, what you decided to do is that the person told you the way to get there is you have to drive to Richmond. And you have to get on 460 east and drive Two hours, go up and get on 307, and then get off of 307 and get on 360, and then you'll go into Richmond, and when you get to Richmond, then you're going to go south of Richmond, down uh, a little bit further south, and then you're going to pick up 460, and then when you get 460 there, you're going to drive three hours, 460 west, to get back to Roanoke. That's kind of what God told the Israelites you're going to do. That would be kind of stupid, wouldn't it? And would anybody here go that route if someone said, hey, you can either drive 49 miles right here on 460 west to get to Roanoke, or you can go 460 east to 307, 360, and then go south, and then pick up 460 back there and drive three hours back and get — which way are you going to go? Which way are you going to go? You're going to go the straight way, right? Because that's what makes sense. But rather, in this passage, we're told but that's not what God did. God said, no, I'm not going to take you on the straight route, I'm not going to take you on the easy route. I'm not going to get you there in the fastest, quickest way. I'm not going to take you on the route that makes sense. I'm going to take you out through the wilderness. Because sometimes God knows best when it doesn't make sense to us. And so today, let's bring out some life lessons from why God did this that we can apply in our own lives. Because let's be honest, every single one of us, at some point in our lives, we've been on that road We've been on that path that God has taken us that did not make sense. It's like, God, this this doesn't make sense. I can't figure it out. I don't understand it. I don't know why you're doing that. It would be far better if I went over here. But God, you've got me over here. I don't understand. And so some life lessons that we can use while we are out in the wilderness. The first one is this. The Israelites learned this pretty quickly. Letting go is far better than taking charge. Letting go of what? Letting go of control. In other words, complete dependence on God. Again, go back to verse 17, the first part of that verse. It said, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines. Now, what does that mean? Here's what it means. It means that as they left Egypt and they were traveling to the promised land, they could have traveled on one road that would have taken them straight up the coastline and straight into the promised land, but... That road was lined with, it was surrounded by, it was infested with the Philistines. Now, we all know the Philistines, right? Were they good people or bad people in the Bible? Quick, quick, quiz. They were the bad guys, right? In fact, from the Philistines came that guy named who? Goliath, right? The Philistines, we look in the past, go to Judges, go back to 1 Samuel. Man, the Philistines were like all out. They wanted world domination. They were like the Iranians and the North Koreans all balled up into one like Isis, all of them just kind of balled up into one. They wanted to control everything. And so rather than God leading the Israelites to walk through the land of the Philistines, it says that He did not take them on the road of the Philistines because in this, this time period, the Philistines were all lined up right there. They were hanging out right there on that road. And, and as they were along that road, the, uh, the, the, the Via Maris or the, the Way of the Sea that led from south to north. It was one of the great trade routes of that time. And rather than than walk that path of the Philistines, God said, no, we're gonna go a different way. Why? Well, because the Philistines were a daunting military force. The Israelites had been in captivity for 430 years, probably as they walked out of uh, that season, as they walked out of that time of slavery, they probably didn't even have weapons with them. They certainly weren't prepared for, ready for war, They certainly wouldn't have been able to go into into battle with the Philistines. The Philistines certainly would have attacked them uh, during this time. But you see, God had a very specific plan, path, and a process for the Israelites to walk through to prepare them for the best, to prepare them for the promised land. The same is true in our lives. Because let's be completely honest in our situations. Every single one of us believe like that today... Like like we can figure it all out, that we've got the plan, that we've got the way, we've got, we've got understanding, we've got knowledge, that we're smart, we can figure this thing out on our own. And so we don't have to sit back and wait. Man, we want to go out and get it now, whatever it is. We want to be successful now. We want money now. We want power now. We want, you know, to all the kind of stuff that we've been working toward. We want it now because we think we can handle it. Yet sometimes God says, no, you can't. You can't handle that now because if I give it to you now, you won't know what to do with it. You won't know how to handle it the right way. You will blow it. You will mess up. And so God says, no, I'm not going to take you on the straight path. I'm not going to take you on the road of the Philistines. I'm going to take you around the different way so God can prepare us and so that we can learn one very important word on our journey. Dependence. Dependence on God. And so one great lesson that we can learn from this passage is that letting go is far better than, than taking charge. If you keep, keep, reading, uh, keep reading in Exodus chapter 13, it says that, that God led them by day by the pillar of cloud and by night by the pillar of fire. And so in other words, God was leading them by the cloud. And so as they were following, as they were walking, they're, they're walking out of Israel and they're excited, they're, 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 they're thrilled because now finally they're away from slavery. And so they were doing the only thing that they knew to do, and that was to follow the power, the presence of God. Man, what a great lesson for us. Because you know what we rarely do in our own human condition? We rarely actually follow the plan of God in our lives. We're, we're, We're wanting to, we naturally desire to follow our own way. Because we think we can figure it out on our own. And so the Israelites learned that, man, letting go is better than taking charge. It may not make sense, but depending on God makes all the difference. Why? Because the second life lesson is that the easy way is not always the best way. Look what it says again in verse 17. Although that was near. Again, talking about the road of the Philistines, although that was near. The New Living Translation says it this way. Even though that was the shortest route to the promised land. Even though like it was like the no-brainer way, it was like Google Maps had this as the first choice when you went on Google Maps, uh, hey, Siri, take me from here in Egypt in slavery and take me to the promised land. And Google would come back, Siri would come back and say this, "Um, take via Mars, take this road and go straight to the promised land and it will take you a short amount of time. That is the way that made sense. That was the easy way. But the easy way is not always the best way. Now this road that we were talking about again is the, the Via Maris, it's the, the, the way of the sea or, or some people back in, in ancient times called it the way of the Philistines because it was the place where they all gathered. It, basically it was a road that traveled from Egypt up along the coastline of the Mediterranean Sea through the Gaza Strip uh, up into what we now know as modern day Israel and then, and then further up, up into Syria and it continued on. It was one of the major roads. And on this major road, people would travel, but the Philistines knew that, that if they camped on both sides of this road, if they were in this area, in this region, that they could choke off anyone who tried to come that way. And we know, as you look into Scripture, the Philistines had their, their eyes set on taking over Canaan, the promised land. They wanted it for themselves. We see that again in Judges and First Samuel. In fact, if you go a little bit further in time, you see that the Philistines even attacked the Egyptians the philistines actually went down and thought they could go to battle with and go to war with the egyptians because they were that powerful and so there's one thing that was no question no doubt is that the israelites were no match for the philistines at that moment now i know we could say well why wouldn't god just do to the philistines what he did to the egyptians you remember what happened like just a little bit past this passage right You know what happened is that when they were there by the Red Sea and Moses, God told Moses to, you know, to part the Red Sea and they walked through on dry ground and the Egyptians chased them and when they got in the middle of the water and then all the water came back down and drowned them all, right? You know that story. So why didn't God just simply do that to the Philistines? Here's why. Because the Israelites would not have been able to handle the success of walking straight into the promised land. The easy way is not always the best way. Because had they walked directly into the promised land, if God would have led them on the straightest path, the most direct path, and they got into that place, man, what they would end up not doing is depending on God. What they would have done is they would have quickly forgotten the provision of God that God had given to them, the the, the protection that God had given to them. And we know that's true because if you spend any time reading the rest of Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy... Joshua, Judges, 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, just keep reading on the history of Israelites, and what did we learn over and over and over again about the Israelites? That everyone did that which was right in their own eyes. When we get to the kings, they did evil in the sight of God, even though they had had so many lessons, so many uh, pictures of the, the, the providence of God, the sovereignty of God, the power of God. But God knew that even with all of that, they would not be able to handle the easy way. And listen, for us today, it's exactly the same thing. If our lives in following Christ were nothing but the easiest of ways, the easiest of roads, if everything in our life was just like perfect when we come to Christ, you know what we would do is we would get lazy We would get self-sufficient, we would stop trusting in God, we would stop leaning on God, we would stop going to God's Word, we would stop getting down on our knees before God and crying out to God in the midst of our pain and our sorrow and our suffering. And what we would do is we would think we have what we need and we don't need anybody or anything else. We would be self-sufficient. And when we get to the point where we're self-sufficient, we're not trusting in God anymore, guess what? Man, then we start disobeying God. And we see that picture over and over again in Scripture. And that's exactly why God did not lead them on the short way, the easiest way, the the easy path, because He knew that the Philistines would most certainly have attacked them, have come after them. And the Israelites would have done one thing, we'll read that, we read that passage a moment ago, man, they would have turned around and they would have hightailed it back to Egypt. They would have forgotten the promise of God, they would have forgotten the provision of God, and they would go back to the only thing that they have ever known. And so the easy way is not always the best way. Remember that in your journey. And knowing that, then the third thing we see is this, that God sees our potential weakness even when we don't. Because let's be honest, rarely do we look in the mirror and look and see our own weaknesses. The Israelites didn't see their weakness. They didn't understand what they facing the weakness they had and so verse 17 the last part of the verse for God said less perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and they return to Egypt you see God knew that the Israelites if they were attacked by the Philistines that they would turn around that they would run back to Egypt they would retreat to what they've known rather than running forward in what God had promised and man that's exactly where we would be That's exactly what we would be doing in our own lives if God always led us on the easy way, the easy path. You see, God sees our potential weaknesses even when we don't. God knows what we can handle when we think we can handle it. We we think we've got it all under control. We think we've got all the power. We've got all the ability. Man, we've got this down. And yet God looks at us and he sees all of the flaws. He sees all the challenges, all the weaknesses that are present in our lives. And make no mistake, everyone here, we have weakness i know and you know there are people in your life today that that that, in the way that they act and the way they talk and the way that they live they think they don't have a weakness at all they believe with all their hearts man they've got it all together they've got it all figured out they're smarter than anybody else in the room they don't need help from anybody they're always got a better plan they've always got a better idea you sit down have a conversation with them and you walk out of that no matter how good an idea you had and share with them they dismissed it because their way is always better do you know somebody like that and we all know somebody like that. That's the natural thing in our lives that we have. The, we have that weakness in our lives. We always think that we know what is best. But see, God sees the flaws. God sees the problems. God sees the, the areas of potential weakness. And God wants to protect us from it. And that's why God didn't lead them straight through that road that went right up to the promised land. It's why God veered them away into the wilderness, because God knew that they needed to be protected from not only the Philistines, but from themselves. And that same thing is true of each and every one of us. The same truth is something that every day we've got to deal with. You see, God always leads us on the path that will lead to His best, not our wants. God will always lead us to his best, not our own desires. That last part of that passage of verse 18. So God led the people around by the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. Now the New Living Translation says it this way. I want to read this kind of of a, a good word picture here. It says, so God led them in a roundabout way through the wilderness toward the Red Sea. God led them in a roundabout way. Let me ask you a personal question. In your journey with God, in your faith journey that you've been on maybe for a short time, maybe for decades and decades, have you ever been in a place where you felt that God is leading you in a roundabout way? That God has got you out here, over here, somewhere in the wilderness that it like just doesn't make sense? That like you're walking this journey, walking this road, and you're trying to figure out like, God, why am I here? God, this doesn't make any sense at all. God, I see all these other people, and and yet they're being blessed more, and they're in a better position, in a better state, in a better setting. God, why am I here? Have you ever felt like God was leading you in a roundabout way? And I think probably everyone in this room, if you're honest with yourself, honest with God, you'd say, yeah, yeah, I've I've been there. I've been in that situation. I've been in that place. So the Israelites had to have felt like they were in that place. But God knew the Israelites had a lot of growing to do. God knew the Israelites had a lot of of, of maturity that needed to come into their lives, spiritual growth. God knew the Israelites could not have handled a direct path straight into the promised land because they never would have become as fully dependent on Him as they could have. What an amazing picture, a lesson that all of us can have of what we need in our own lives. As we're walking the paths, the journey that God has us on of recognizing that, you know what, sometimes we just need to sit back and trust God that even when I am in a weird place, even when I'm in a wilderness moment, even when it does not make sense, God is always leading us to his best. Now, if you read, continue reading in Exodus chapter 13, in verse 19, you'll see that it, it states that Moses did what the people of Israel promised that they would do many years before. Because Joseph, if you remember that story, going back to the last part of Genesis, remember Joseph was in Egypt and he was like the second in command of Egypt? And when he died, he made them promise that, well, he actually made them promise before he died because it would be difficult to make them promise after he died. But before he died, he made them promise that they would take his bones into the promised land, back to be buried with his family. Remember that? And so in Exodus chapter 13, verse 19, it says, And Moses took the bones of Joseph, just as they had promised, and he was traveling with, as they were walking through the wilderness on this wilderness experience, they were doing exactly what they promised to do. They were carrying the bones of Joseph back to where he wanted to be buried. And what a great story, like to end this couple of verses. Verse 17 and 18. They didn't, God didn't take them on the straight path, He didn't take them through the Philistines, He didn't lead them on that, that via Mars, that way of the sea, the way of the Philistines. He took them in a roundabout way and, and led them out into the wilderness. All along, they're carrying the bones of Joseph, the one who many years before, when Joseph was doing all the right things, when Joseph was walking the right path, when Joseph was trying to live the right kind of way, that Joseph's brothers decided to kill him. And rather than, after they talked a little bit of sense into themselves, rather than kill him, they sold him off into slavery. You remember the story, right? Joseph's led off into slavery. He ends up in Egypt. He ends up in, in Potiphar's house he ends up proving himself that he's a good worker a diligent person he rises and rises and rises oh and then he gets thrown in jail and then later years later he finally gets out again and he rises and he rises and he rises to the point where pharaoh puts him in charge and control of everything and when he becomes in control of everything he then is used by god to save all of the people of israel Now, think about Joseph when he was in that pit. Think about Joseph when he was sold off into slavery. Think about Joseph when he was thrown into jail when Potiphar's wife accused him falsely. Do you think there might have been a moment when Joseph sat back and said, God, why am I here? God, I'm trying to do all the right things. God, I'm trying to live the right way. I'm trying to do all the things that I'm supposed to do. God, why do you have me here in this jail cell? God, why did you let my brothers sell me into slavery? God, why? And then we find ourselves in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. After Jacob had died, the brothers are worried, afraid that finally that Joseph would get vengeance for all that they had done to him. But Joseph had clarity, he had understanding, and hear the words that he said. He said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Today, walk out of this room understanding, fully captivated by the truth, that while God may not always take you on the easy road... God may not always take you on the easy path. God may not always do for you exactly what you want him to do. But God will always do for you what is best for you. Recognizing that even when it doesn't make sense, God will never lead us into the wilderness without a plan that leads us to victory. And so when you're smack dab in the middle of the wilderness that Israel found themselves in, when you're sitting out there wondering where's the manna going to come from, when you're sitting out there wondering like where's the quail, which by the way, I've never asked for quail in my life. If you'll read the passage in the New Living Translation, they never asked for quail, they asked for meat. God sent them quail. I would rather have had like beef or something, but regardless... When you're sitting out there and you're wondering, yeah, but the cows dropping on you would be kind of tough, wouldn't it? (laughs) That would be, that would be hard. But, But when you're out there in the middle of the wilderness and you're wondering, how am I going to make it? Where is the water? Where is the manna? Where is the quail? Where is the victory? Where is the promised land? Where does this journey lead? Don't ever forget god will always lead you to his best no matter where in the wilderness that you find yourself and so today be encouraged because there are probably some people in the room today that are in the wilderness there are probably some people here today that are probably wondering god why have you brought me to this spot just remember god will always lead you to his best but for him to lead you to his best you know what it requires it requires us to follow remember back when we talked about it a few moments ago in exodus chapter 13 that god gave them the pillar of cloud by day the pillar of fire by night and they followed that pillar of cloud no matter where it moved no matter where it went No matter how far into the wilderness it went, they followed and they followed and they followed. Sometimes they complained, but they followed. Sometimes they couldn't understand, but they followed. Sometimes they got angry, but they followed. Sometimes they could not figure out what God was doing, but you know what Israel always did? They followed God. So today, let that be a lesson for you. No matter how deep into the wilderness you are, always follow god because god will never lead you to destruction god will never lead you to a dead end god will always lead you to his best and isn't that where we should want to be right smack dab in the middle of god's best plan. That's what God will do. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the encouragement that we see, that we hear, that we are um, understanding today, that even when things don't make sense, God, that you're always leading us the right path. Thank you, God, for that truth. God, I know there's some people here today that, that are probably like the Israelites right now, and they're in that journey where they're heading, where they thought that they wanted to go, but God, you've taken them on a little bit of a detour. And it's a detour that doesn't make sense. And it's a detour that confuses them. It's a detour that might even anger them. It might even lead them to the place where they're questioning the sovereignty of God. God, why am I here? God, I pray right now in this moment, Lord, give them understanding and wisdom to know, God, that you always lead us on the right path. So God, I pray, help us to follow. Help us to look for that pillar of cloud, that pillar of fire. God, help us to to run after you no matter what situation that we might find ourselves in. God, no matter where we might be, God, help us to always follow you. And so right now, God, in this moment as we, Lord, have just a a moment of kind of, of reflection, of looking inside. God, I pray for everyone gathered in this room, those watching or listening today, And, Lord, give us the the clarity that we need, the understanding that we need, Lord, to to see where we have been questioning God, to see where we have been not trusting God, and today to put everything in perspective and to say, God, I will follow you. God, I will trust you, because I know, God, your way is the right way. With our heads bowed and with our eyes closed, in a moment we're going to stand Our team is going to be gathered here. We're going to sing, and and the altar will be open. Maybe today God is speaking to you that you need to come down to this altar and just kneel here and say, God, man, I've I've been on the wrong road. God, I've not been trusting you. God, I've been running. I've been mad. I've been angry. I've been complaining. Today, God, I just need to completely depend on you. Maybe you want to come and just kneel here and just just say that to God. God, today, I don't understand it, but God, today, I depend on you. Maybe you want to come and leave a prayer request or leave a praise. Maybe you want to come today and join our church or come for baptism. Maybe today you want to come down and you want to understand what it means to be a child of God. That God loves you. That Christ died for you. That he rose again for you three days later. And according to God's word, that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Maybe today you've heard about this thing called the gospel. You've heard about this thing called salvation. But today you want to understand it. You want to embrace it. You want to be changed by it. Our team would love to talk with you about that too. So whatever it is that, that is weighing heavy on your heart today, as we stand right now and as we sing together, I just encourage you to step out, to come to this altar, and let God do in and through and for you what only He can do. Let's sing together right now. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for joining us here today. You know, at Thomas Road Baptist Church, since our very beginning, back in 1956, we've been about one thing and one thing only, and that is to bring the message of hope that comes through Jesus Christ to the world. And today, my friends, we recognize we live in a world that's messed up. We live in a world that's full of division and conflict and pain and sorrow. But Jesus came to this world not to bring division and sorrow, but to bring joy, to bring peace to bring hope. And today, that's the message that we want to share with you. And if you're watching this and you've never had the opportunity of of connecting with Him at that level, of understanding what it is that Jesus came to do, then I encourage you and I want to let you know the greatest news you'll ever hear, and that's this, God loves you. He loves you with an everlasting love. In fact, He gave His only Son, Jesus, to come to this earth to die on the cross, to pay for your sins and for my sins, to do for us what we never could do for ourselves, What an amazing gift that really is. God loves you, Christ died for you, but three days later, He rose again. And when He came out of that grave, He gives us victory over sin, over Satan, over the grave. He gives us the hope for eternity. But according to God's words, very clear, what we must do is believe. We must believe that Jesus is the Son of God. We must believe that He died and that He rose again. And if we do that, according to Romans 10, 13, anyone, that means you, it means me, it means every person that has ever lived, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so I encourage you today to recognize that hope that comes to Jesus. And if you've never trusted him as your Lord and Savior, do so today, believing that he is who he said he is, that he did what he said that he did, calling on his name, and it'll change everything. That is the message that we share. It's a message that we want to take to the entire world. And today I would encourage you to connect with us, maybe even financially through a gift that you can help us to take this message around the world. I encourage you today to stand with us as we stand with truth, as we stand with hope, to let the world know God loves.